You are listening to Money, Lies, and Family Ties, a multi-pronged approach to injustice in Ontario family law and mediation. My name is Karen Turkington. Chapter 18, 2016, Unemployed, Lawyer Number 6. Being unemployed, I qualified for legal aid and hired lawyer number six to obtain new arrears in child support, which had accrued once again to approximately $67,000 since 2008. This lawyer employed a different strategy. She contacted the mediator and asked him to withdraw from our case. He obliged, and she and I attended court unimpeded. Once again, while in the courtroom, ex-partner's lawyer, a different lawyer from the same firm, tried to redirect me to mediation. This time, however, my lawyer explained to the judge that the mediator had withdrawn from our case and I was no longer required to mediate. The judge then read the conflict resolution clause, the first time any judge had done so, and pointed out that the wording didn't state that we must return to mediation to resolve conflicts, but that we can return to mediation. Her understanding, based on her reading of the agreement, was that mediation had never been mandatory. This would strongly indicate that ex-partner's lawyer had obstructed justice in 2010, when she threatened to charge me with contempt for attempting to obtain a new and enforceable court order for child support based on ex-partner's actual income. The goal of each of these strategic events was to prevent the long overdue and never obtained discovery of ex-partner's financial situation. Ex-partner, his father, their lawyer, the mediator, and my own lawyer's ability and willingness to circumvent the law ensured that I would encounter obstacles at every stage. The emotional, psychological, and financial devastation of these cumulative events and their duration has been considerable and amounts to an act of domestic terrorism. In a court, the needs and rights of my children and me would have been considered. That's what ex-partner and his collaborators needed to prevent. My story demonstrates the ease with which malevolence can play out in law using the willing participation of legal professionals to execute and obtain financial dominance through any means at their disposal, regardless of the resulting damage to ex-spouses, children, and families. I have been denied access to the courts for years, never having been able to establish stable and ongoing child support payments, nor to determine my eligibility for spousal support at a time in my life when it would have mattered most. Spousal support would have provided necessary economic support for a limited number of years, during which I could have established the stable foundation of a home for my kids early on. Each of my low-wage jobs provided valuable employment experience, but little to no pension benefits and no long-term financial security. I would have had a financial cushion while continuing to strive for better long-term employment opportunities. However, it was the initial misrepresentation of income information in 2003 and then the lack of timely enforcement in 2007 through the Family Responsibility Office that permitted ex-partner to cause years of financial harm. 
This lawyer, lawyer number six, asked me if I thought ex-partner's current wife had anything to do with my employment contract not being renewed, since we both worked at the same college during the same time frame. She had worked there much longer than I had, and therefore had a more established network. This thought hadn't occurred to me, but cannot be ruled out. Music